Um, let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus as we welcome Pastor Wale Adefuye to bring the word of God to us. Thank you very much for the warm words. And we really appreciate God for those testimonies. And some of the things I'll be saying this morning will explain those testimonies so that your faith will be in the power of God. You know, you can then look at the testimonies on one side and then look at some of the things I'll be sharing on the other side. And then you see that this explains this. And then you say, okay, if that's the case, I can do that. Okay? I can, I can do that. Um, thank you very much, Pastor and Mrs. Monaimi, for inviting me. It was only in the last two years we met, and um, since then we've been in touch. And um, I'm in town, and they felt I should be here today. And since I'm a man under authority, I'm here today. <laughs> you know? And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And um, I just trust that as we are here, something there will be a click in your life. You know what I'm saying? There will be a click. Something clicks and then you move to another level. In Jesus' name. I bring you greetings from my wife. I've been married for 21 years. And, uh, and my children, I have two of them. And I just discovered now, my daughter is Tulu Alashe. Kanwa. And my son is, she's 19, and my son is Makuyale. That's an Idoma word. In those days, I will explain that. We, we felt we could build one Nigeria. We are, it doesn't matter where you come from. So I'm Yoruba, and my son doesn't have a Yoruba name. I gave him an Idoma name so that we could cut across various parts of the country. But it doesn't appear we are succeeding. <laughs> because I felt people should have different names that don't necessarily reflect which part of the country they come from. But somehow, it didn't catch fire. <laughs> so if you see my son, you won't know where he comes from. From his name, it doesn't show it. Apart from his surname, which shows that his ancestral route is southwest Nigeria. But we can still do something, can't we? Those who are going to have kids, I want to encourage you. Look for names outside your ancestral route. I just want to encourage you. Because we are all the same. I cry when I see Nigeria. I was pastoring in 2002 after the Idiaraba riots. Sunday morning, I went to Idiaraba to see things for myself. People who had lived together for years, they turned against one another and destroyed themselves. Because some people say they are from the north and these other ones are homoniles and all that. I cried. After that, I said, whatever it takes, let's build a nation. Well, since then, things have gone down the hill. But we can still do our own bit. 
so I want to encourage you, for those who are still having kids, please, in the name of Jesus, consider giving your kids names from other groups. From there are thieves, there are Idomas, there are Ogoja, various all over the country, about 250 tribal or ethnic groups. Consider those names. Get them. What I did when my wife was pregnant was I got people, then I was pastoring, I got people from various groups, names from those groups and the meanings of those names so that I would then decide which of those names I would consider for, for, my, for, for the baby in the womb who then happened to be a boy and then we just picked an Edoma name and then the mother named him and then that's it really. Amen. Let us pray. Father, the entrance of your word gives light and it also gives understanding to the simple. The time has come in the service for your word to be shared. I'm asking that let the light of your word destroy, chatter our darkness and give us understanding as well. Because according to Matthew 13, when the sower sows the word and the hearer does not understand, the devil picks that which has been sown and then it leaves the error empty. I'm asking that there will be an understanding this morning so that when the enemy knocks, there will be nothing to steal for we will have understood in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with us what I call focusing on the unseen. I will tell two stories from scriptures and from those stories, we'll look at salient points and then see how life really is. Life is much more than what you can see. The testimony from the trip, because my sister said, should we be called missionaries? Well, if you don't call yourself missionary, maybe we should call you mission trippers. <laughs> you know? So, you, you will see from what they, what they said. They said, they just stood there praying and they drew the bloodline. They didn't get paint, I mean brush, and dip it in blood and then cross the line and say, don't come here. They just simply said, and I could imagine that, in faith, on the basis of God's word, we draw the bloodline in this place and you are not permitted to cross. That's what they did. And you couldn't see a physical line. But those who knew, knew they couldn't pass. So there is much more to life than what we can see. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there is much more to life than what your, the eyes you carry in your head can see. You will understand why I say that later on. So that's what I'm looking at. And the text is from 2 Kings chapter 6. And um, I'll be reading from the ESV. I normally tell where I'm reading from so that you say, look, that those words don't really match exactly the translation you have. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. 2 Kings chapter 6, and I'll start from verse 8. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. 
And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus, he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. Let me quickly explain that. There was war, so to say, between Israel and Syria. And instead of the Israeli king or the king of Israel to have a military personnel as his advisor, he got a prophet to advise him. And the prophet would tell him that the enemy will attack Ikeja cantonment tomorrow. Or maybe in two days. And they will move the cantonment from Ikeja overnight. And then the enemy will attack Ikeja to find out the cantonment wasn't there. And they were confused. And it wasn't once, it wasn't twice. They would say, okay, the Air Force base in Makodi, the prophet would say the Air Force base in Makodi will come under attack. And so they will move all the planes and all the helicopters, all the artillery from Makodi Air Force Base. And then the enemy will attack Makodi, bam, to discover that there are no planes, there are no personnel, there are no ammunitions, there are no artillery there. And it was happening again and again. So the king now backed off and says, and I'll I'll continue reading from there. Verse 10, 11. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. Why? Because of the various failures they had experienced. Because they will look at the satellite. The satellite will show that this is a military installation. Let's destroy that. They will say, this is a telecommunications target. Let's destroy that. And they will get there to find nothing. So they say, what exactly is happening here? He was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord. O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Verse 19. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. Every time I read that, I'm puzzled. Somebody who tells the king everything you say in your bedroom, you are now saying, go and get him. So when I read that bit, I think about it, I say, could he have said that? I don't think he did. I think he said, paper, paper, pen, pen. Then he will write so that Elisha will not pick what he's saying. You know, and then say, go and get him. So the word came and said, he is in Dotham. Verse 14. So he sent there what? Talk to me. And, and, and they came by and he sent horses, chariots, and a great army to pick what? One man. One man. Is it possible for a country to send such a great party to pick one man? It's possible. Remember about two, three years ago, America sent special forces to a place called Abbottabad in Pakistan to pick Osama. So just imagine two specially built helicopters with seals, the best trained soldiers on earth. They were trained to survive in any condition, on the sea, in water, on the land, in the air, 
in the forest, whatever the terrain, these folks are trained to survive. So America sent these guys. After it's been pinpointed where Osama was, they sent these guys in two helicopters to get him. And one of the helicopters crash landed. And because they did not want that helicopter that crash landed to get into the Pakistani intelligence services, they destroyed it. So that means the soldiers, the commandos, the SEALs that went to pick Osama had to fly back in one helicopter. That's how trained they were. So you can now imagine in those days that a great army was sent to pick a man. And what they did was to come by night and surround the city. Do you understand the picture I'm painting? Or at least the Bible is painting. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And the master said, No, let's pause. Before we continue. You wake up in the morning and you discover that the city is surrounded. How do you pray? Let's pray. Now, you call a prayer meeting. Amen? Talk to me. You call a prayer meeting and you describe the situation. And what's the situation? We are, the city is surrounded. So, let's call on God for Deliverance. So, are you going to pray? Oh God, come down, manifest your power. Oh God, come down, manifest your power in this city, in this city. Manifest your power. Oh Lord, come down. Fire, 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 fire. Is it all right to pray that way? Yes, because that's what you are seeing. You see soldiers surrounding city, the city. You pray. God, let your fire come down. Pow, destroy them. Pow. Why? Because that's what you see. Is that right? We will always pray on what we see. Our prayers will be determined by what we see. So, if Gehazi, the associate of the prophet, were to call a meeting... And to lead the prayer, he will pray like I've just said. But the next verse tells us, Elisha said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are, are what? Are more than those who are with them. Now, katakata don't bust. Do you understand that? How many are there? Shegu, please come. Shegu is my protocol man. So I'm going to use him for demonstration. He welcomed me this morning. He tries to carry my Bible. But if I give him my Bible, which one will I use? <laughs> so I, I refuse to give him. Now, for the sake of illustration, I'm Elisha. He's Gaza. You know, he's, he's the associate. So he has seen the city surrounded. And he now tells me that the city is surrounded. And now say, relax. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What do you think he will say? He will say, I knew I've been working for a madman. <laughs> Confirm now. And I'm dead. I can't leave him now. 
and we are surrounded. And he says, those who are with us, man. And he will say, I can't, he won't tell me. But he will, he will think him. One, two. One, two. And remember, I'm at home in the office. I haven't seen the soldiers. So I can imagine what's going on in his head. I counted, I counted at least 500 chariots, horses. I counted them. If it were today, I counted some helicopters, some gunboats. I counted some aeroplanes that they, and then I saw some tanks. I saw them. And then, one, two. Lord, I set my spirit today. Today, now, today. One, two. And I saw at least 500. What is the problem? Please sit down. Thank you. Now, let's go quickly to what Elisha saw. He saw soldiers surrounding the city. Can you see them there? I don't know what you are seeing on the screen. You are seeing me. Don't see me. (laughs) Can you see those soldiers there? Can you see those helicopters there? These are serious forces. And then you then see the next one, which are tanks. And they are after one person. These are are the things Shegun saw. And I'm still saying, relax. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, what exactly is the problem there? A prophet associates two persons. Special forces say in thousands of commandos plus tanks and helicopters, there are more than two. Now, which mathematics will say two, two, one, two, prophet, associate, greater than 1,000 commandos? If you do that in Waeg, you will fail. So, don't try this in Waeg. Okay? Um, that's why I'm warning you. Because if you follow the prophet's mathematics, you will fail. But then, what is it about the prophet? Elisha is a prophet. What does that mean? God's spokesman. Somebody who speaks for God. So he definitely knows, just like Reuben Abati speaks for President Jonathan. So we can say Reuben Abati is Jonathan's prophet. For he speaks for Jonathan. So Elisha is God's prophet for he speaks for for he speaks for he knows his God. He knows that the God I speak for is the God that brought my nation out of Egypt. He knows that when God brought Israel out of Egypt he led them by a pillar of fire and by a pillar of cloud. And when he saw that the Egyptians were now chasing the Israelites, he changed position he moved back Pillar of cloud in the day, pillar of fire in the night, so that there was division, and so that the Egyptians could not move and touch the Israelites. He knew that. He knew that in his knowing. He knew that the God he speaks for has sent his word, has given him his word. He has read Psalm 91. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. So he knows that as a dweller in the secret place of the Most High, he was safe 
He also must have had and learned so much from his mentor, Elijah. Because I could just imagine, after he had become an associate of Elijah, Elijah would tell him, oh, man, in those days, in the days of Ahab, oh, there were issues, there were problems. One day the king got mad. He sent me a, 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 a captain and 50 soldiers to come and pick me up. And they knocked at my door. You know, I was living on the hill. So the telephone rang that there were soldiers under the hill. I said, man of God, come down. So I went there and I said, you mean I'm a man of God? If you call me man of God, then let fire come. <laughs> I looked down, I saw ashes. Ooh. And I could just see Elisha say, mm. so these are the benefits of being a prophet. Okay. Then another time, another, another troop came. Captain, another 50. And I said, man of God, come down. I said, I don't come down. Fire comes down. Wow! They turned to ashes. He said, it's only the third one that was wise. He was prostrating. I said, please, keep my job. Save my job. Let me meet my target. Please help me. Let the church bring some account to our bank. Let me help me. <laughs> so Elisha was taking notes. Okay. So those who speak for God are fire. Okay. And I notice when you give testimony in this church, you prophesy. You should, yeah, everybody should prophesy. Everybody should prophesy. It's okay. Everybody speaks for God. You should speak for God. Even we start with baby talk. You read the Bible, yeah, you speak for God. So, Elisha knew something. His maths is not of YAC level. He doesn't do one plus one equals two. His own maths was different. He sees not beyond the physical eyes that we carry in our heads. So in verse 17, then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may, that he may, but what did he use to see the Syrian army? Talk to me. Eyes. So that means there are, and there are, there are, and there are. So Elisha prayed. Now, can you see? Can you see prayers? Gaza will have prayed. And how will he have prayed? Oh God, come down. Manifest your power. Oh God, come down. Manifest your. But this other one prayed. And he wasn't sweating. And he was saying, Lord, open his eyes. What's the difference? They were saying different things. And you will always pray based on what you see. Always. Elisha saw God's word and he prayed accordingly. Gehazi focused on the Syrian army and he will pray accordingly. You say, what does that mean? Now, let's go on. When God opened his eyes, what happened? He saw and behold, the mountain was full of and of all around. Let me jump down. Go on to the next slide. That means they were surrounded. 
surroundings. The first one, verse 14, what does it say? Horses and surrounding. And the second one, and of surrounding. They are both surrounded. So when we are singing, we are surrounded. I don't know what surrounds you. Because it's true we are surrounded. Let me just have eight people quickly. Eight, eight, eight. Quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Jump up. Does it take a long time to just rise from your feet and just come up here with your guns pointing at me? Shoot out. Yeah, spread out. Eight people. One, two, three. You mean there are no... I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you. I never embarrass people. I love God. I love you. Never embarrass you. Never. Okay, surround me, man. Just don't. me, point your guns at me, man. Point your guns at me. Yeah, point your guns at me. So, am I surrounded? And who sees these guys? Yes, girls are my man. Shagun, come. So, you, 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 you're just looking around. You push out, push out. You know, this is the city. Yeah, push out. So, you, you are, so he's talking to me, he's with me, and he's what? You're, you're, because it's what he says. Go and panic, man. You panic. He's panicking because what he says. Hey, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Come down. Come down. Come down. I've not prayed. Three people, quickly. One, two, three. One, two, three. Three people. Come on. Come on. Come on. One, two. Good. 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 And now pray. Come in. So surround me now. Surround me. And now pray. Lord, open his eyes. And he now says that we are truly surrounded, but I'm truly surrounded. Am I the only one surrounded? No. Everyone who is a believer is equally surrounded. Haven't you read of how your angels beseech the face of the Father in heaven? Haven't you read, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty and say of the Lord is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust? Haven't you read? He has given his angels charge over you. They bear you in their hands that you dash your foot against any stone. Haven't you read that? Haven't you read in Hebrews that the angels of the Lord are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to and for them who are heirs of salvation? Do you? Th- if we were not here, angels would have no job. Now, now, listen to me. My chariots and horses are made up of and those chariots and horses are made up of steel. They won't know why they give way because there's something burning. That's exactly what happened in Syria alone. That's exactly what happened in Syria alone. They just, you want to kill us. Come back. You don't, you don't, don't leave them alone. Because you see, whether you see it or not, it's true. You see, when I was praying, Lord, open my eyes. It's like, why should I? I've been too read in my word. You take me at my word. You are surrounded. You are surrounded. Yes, Lord. I don't have to see them, but I am. So when I now pray, Lord, open his eyes. He now, good. Guess what they will do? 
right. So that's how it works. Okay. So he won't allow me to go anywhere, anywhere by myself. Yeah. Because they will have to give way. Because the materials that make my security is not the same materials that make their security. One consumes the other. I'm not boasting, but the security of the believer is much more than that of the, any president. I feel more secure in God based on his word than President Jonathan can ever be in the natural. Because one angel in the Old Testament demobilized 185,000 troops. Now, I have a few around. Just imagine if they go into action. And that's what happens to every believer. So, can you see how our prayer will change? He will have been praying before God, fire. And but fire has always been because it's not fire, but it's chariots, materials made up of fire. Does that make sense? We will always pray based on what we see. If you see the Syrian army and you don't see what God has done in his word, because the entrance into the God's word is, 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 I mean, God's word is the major entrance to the spirit world. So you have to take him at his word. Am I making any sense? That's exactly what it is. So when your eyes are open from God's scriptures, then your prayers will change. In the natural, for example, you can see cancer. That's what the doctors say. That's what your body tells you. But have you seen in his world? I'll come back to that later. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That's one story. Let me tell you another story. <laughs> the second story is um, in Numbers chapter 13 from verse 25. You know the story of how Israel came out of Egypt and then as they crossed, after they had crossed the Red Sea, they were now a striking distance of Canaan and God tells Moses, go send spies to go and check out Canaan. So he sends out 12 people to send out Canaan. And so I pick it up from there. And at the end of 40 days, Numbers 13, verse 25, they returned from Spanish land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. And this is his fruit. Verse 28, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Ittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Verse 32. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw, again, can you see the scene? How are they seeing? The eyes in their head. Okay? 
There we saw the Nephilim. They are not sons of Anak who come from the Nephilim and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them. Now let me quickly jump to Numbers 14 and I'll start from verse 6. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephune, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not repel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. How could 12 people have gone out to check out the land? They saw the same thing. They saw the same people. They saw the fruits. They gathered the same stuff and they gave different results. How? Because the majority, 10 of them, saw the milk and honey. They saw the grapefruits, but they said they bought 45 cities and giants. If you can see there, the milk and honey in their estimation was small. Their emphasis was on the giants and the fortified cities. But Josh and Carl, you say, Who are Josh and Carl? Are they in your Bible? Well, I really don't know how you relate with them. But when, by the time you, 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 you've read the scripture, you see them, you like, I recognize Josh. I, you know, how many people watch football there? You, you know, in football, you're, you're watching a game and then your team is not doing very well and then they have an opportunity to score. So somebody from the left now shoots the ball and you see the ball rolling across the goal line going to the corner. What do you do? You see yourself stretching your leg. How many people, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Now, they are playing... Five, six thousand miles away, and in the comfort of your room, you are watching them because your mind does not know the distance. You think you can do something about it. The same thing that should happen to us when we take God at His word. It's like you are so much involved in it. Yeah, you don't see Joshua again, you see Josh. You don't see Caleb, you see Carl. Like, yeah. So you see, yeah, those, those are graves. Those are grapes. Those are grapes. That's milk. That's milk. That's milk. You can I grab a cup? That's honey. Oh. So Josh and Kel show up. And they have the minority report. Now, look at this. Milk and honey. Same thing. Great grapes. They see them. And then they put, that's where their emphasis was. The milk and honey and the great grapes. And they acknowledge Fortified city and giants. And then they go on beyond that and say, For the Lord is with us. Same thing, different emphasis. Now, I could just picture exactly what those guys were playing with binoculars of God's word. You know what I'm saying? Take God's, the Bible as binoculars. So they are checking out the land. Yeah, I can see grapes. And then they say, yeah, Lord, that, those are grapes there. Oh, yeah, but I told you, I told you. Yeah, 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 it's in your word, it's in your word. 
Yeah, I can see milk and honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you told us in your word that you are taking us to a land flowing with milk and honey. I can see that. Oh, look at those houses there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You told us we will possess houses we did not build. Paul malls, malls that we did not build. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Oh, look at that. Look at that. We can use that for church. Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw those. Look, but look at those people who are just moving there. Look at those ones there. They look giants. You didn't tell us about that. Because that's not your, that's not your problem. Those are giants. I didn't know giants. They're not in your world. Because that's my problem, not yours. Okay. Let, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. I told you I have a son who is 11. When he was about 5, I was away from home. So I called home one day and I spoke to my wife. And then after we, you know, we were speaking, I said, can I talk to Makoyale, my son? And then I could hear my wife tell my son, daddy wants to talk to you. And he says, I don't want to talk to him. And then mom says, if you don't talk to your daddy, he will be upset. And guess what he says? That's his problem. Okay. And of course he didn't talk to me. And I told my wife later, well, that will not get, I understand something. Because if he doesn't talk to me and I'm upset, that is truly my problem. But if he doesn't talk to me and that will affect his Christmas present, guess whose problem is that? His problem. So I understood from that day to know whose problem is whose problem. <laughs> to know when it is my problem and when it is someone else's problem. And that's exactly what God did to these people. He told them, I will take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. That's your problem. I will take you to a place where you possess houses you did not build. That's your problem. But he didn't tell them about his giants because that's his problem. <laughs> that's his problem. And if, you have, if there was a man who understood that, that was David. You remember for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath would come and boast. And Saul was like those 10 spies. They thought that was their problem. So they would look at, like those 10 spies, they would look at Goliath, look at themselves, and say, we are grasshoppers. We can't make it. But David, look at Goliath. He looked at God, and he felt sorry for Goliath. uncircumcised Philistine come against the army of Saul. No? Talk to me. What did he say? How can you uncircumcised Philistine come against the army of the living God? You have a breakfast. <laughs> Serious business. It just depends on the problem is not the giant. What's the problem? Who you are comparing the giant with? That's why God didn't tell them about any giant. Because that's his problem. That's his problem. And the question is this. That's why you appreciate Elisha's prayer for his servant. He wasn't praying for God to do anything. Was it when he prayed that the chariots and horses of fire developed? 
They've always been there. They've always been there. Because God's word is God's word. They are clear. They are clear. They have always been there. But if our focus is on the physical, we are going to pray based on the physical and as a result of which we will not experience what God had desired. And that's why I'm telling you these two stories. Because our focus will determine how we pray. Our focus will determine what we do. And guess what? Our focus will determine how we feel. It's very important. Our focus will determine actions and feelings. If you're not feeling well, you're not feeling it, you feel threatened and all that, check your focus. That's why God has given us what to focus on. In Isaiah 53 verse 1, the Bible says, the prophet says, after God has shown him the picture of Jesus on the cross, he showed him, how many people have watched the Passion? That gives you an idea. It doesn't totally reflect. It gives you an idea of what the prophet saw. After he saw the face of Jesus, mangled, beaten, unrecognizable, he was screaming. And then after he knew, after God showed him the implication of all that transpired, he was screaming and saying, who will believe this report? It's too much. That he did that, not for himself, but for us. Lord, it's unbelievable. That he bore in his body our sicknesses and our diseases, so that by his stripes, we are healed? Unbelievable. It's what he focus. Is it what he has said, the unseen, or what you can say? And I always use this example. I mean, you can say cancer. But then, should that be my focus? Of course, you are owing. We can see your bank account is in the red. The banks are putting you under pressure. We can see that. But what cannot be seen, but, but which can also be seen in the realm of the invisible is he has said. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I will never leave you, nor forsake you, so I will not fear what man can do unto me. Philippians 4, 19. He has said he will meet our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He has said, and the psalmist, I mean, the psalmist has said, I have been young. Now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is it bad bread. He has said. So it's your focus. It's on my focus. That will determine what we'll experience. Not what God will do. For God has done. Second, please come. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see? Are you a saved man? Yes, ma'am. Please tell the church whether you are born again or not. We We have to be sure. Is that not? I'm born again. You are born again. Okay. When were you saved? 1995. 1995. Okay. So, when did he get saved? When did Shegun get saved? 
When did God save you? About 2,000 years ago. When did God save him? 2,000 years ago. But did God save 1995? Talk to me. So, is there a difference between when God saved and when God saved him? Are you sure? Okay. Is there therefore a difference between when somebody gets healed and when God healed them? <laughs> Is there, could there be a difference between when somebody got prospered and when God prospered him? I know they What's the difference? Thanks, Egon. Now, 2,000 years ago, um, if this is 2,000 years ago, this is the line. 2,000 years ago, because this is a calendar. This is 2,000 years ago. This is 1,000 years ago. This is now. So, Jesus went to the cross at this point. And at this point, he did everything for my salvation, for my healing, and for my prosperity. 2,000 years ago. And then, at this point... Between that time and for me, for me, okay, for me, between 2,000 years ago and 1964, I wasn't here, so it didn't matter, okay, it didn't matter. Then 1964, dad and mom wanted a boy, so I popped out. And then, this is 1964, this is 1986. At the age of 22, between here and here, somewhere along the line, I was about 10. Stupid, young, don't know anything, so it didn't make any difference to me. But at the age of 22, I had the gospel preached and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So, during the, so that was when what? I get saved. But when did God save me? So between the time I got saved and when God saved me, there was a time I was not. Then even after I have been, a part of that period was a time of stupidity, ignorance, unbelief, because I did not know. Then at this point, I knew. And what did I do at this point? I got to know. I claimed what was accomplished 2,000 years before. Then I got saved. And for many of us, after this point of getting saved, we stay in religion and we carry sicknesses, we carry diseases, we carry everything in our body, hoping that we will get to heaven one day. And then everything will be by and by and by and by. But sometime along the line, 30th of June, 2013, I realized that what I've been looking for has already been accomplished in Christ. Again, come into another level of possession. So, I'm not praying for God to save members of my family and my friends because he already done everything for their salvation. But why are they not saved? Because the Bible says the God of this age has blinded the eyes of many that they will not be saved. So, what should my prayer be? That God should save them? 
I'm praying. Lord, number one, nobody gets saved without the gospel being preached to them. So I'm praying for myself to get wisdom, to speak to them in such a way that they will respond positively to the good news. And secondly, I'm praying that, Lord, however the enemy has blinded them, whatever veil, cover, blanket he has put over their mind because of their experiences or things they've gone through and all that to keep them from salvation, let such things be removed. So it is for salvation. So it is for healing. So it is for prosperity. Because in the unseen, it's done. Haven't you read in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3? How God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Not that he will, but he has. And Peter says, God has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness in this life. Elijah's prayer is key. And go through the New Testament. The same prayer Paul prayed. Ephesians, that our eyes of understanding may be enlightened, may be open to recognize the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Not that he will, no, to see to experience, for our eyes to be open. That's the beauty of all this. That's the beauty of all this. I'm trying to check the time. Now, I've got to finish now. So, our focus, now, let me end with Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. That says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things which are seen are transient, but the things which are unseen are eternal. While, so, what does that mean? We look at what? Talk to me. We look at the things that are seen. That's why I like to translate that thing. What is translation of that scripture? Is it why we look at those things that are seen? We focus on those things that are unseen. Okay, we focus on them. That's what you say. That's exactly what Abraham did. He was old in his old age. Naturally, he should not have babies. But God told him he has made him a father of many nations. So why he looked at his body and he looked at Sarah's womb that there's no action in this area is focused on what God has said. Giving glory to God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4. And guess what happened? The body changed and God's word came to pass. And that's exactly how things happen. How the unseen changes the sin. So, I just want to encourage us this morning. Let's focus on the unseen. What has God said about you, about me? That should be our focus. Amen. End of story. But you cannot even see, except you are born again. Have you read in John chapter 3? Except a man is born again, he cannot see. Do you want to see? You have to be born again. If you are here this morning and you are not born again, please call quickly, rush out right now. I'm going to pray for you so that you can see, you can begin to see. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, stretch your hand, shoot up your hand right now. You might have been coming to church for a long time, but you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, shoot up your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you so that your eyes will begin to see in the unseen. You begin to see the spiritual. 
Is anybody here this morning? Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you shoot up your hand, I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. Is anybody there? Help me, help me. Is anybody shooting up their hand? You have not accepted Jesus Christ? You cannot see, I'm telling you. You cannot see. And your life is in danger if you cannot see. Because your prayer will be, you, you, will, pray, you will pray amiss. Because your life will be based on what is in the natural. But there are benefits. There are things we enjoy when we give our life to Christ. He opens our eyes as long as we don't allow religion to block it. Anybody here? You have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is anybody there shooting up their hand? Help me. Is your neighbor shooting up their hand? Ask your neighbor, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? I need help. Is anybody there? I'll make a call one more time. One more time. You have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Shoot up your hand. I'm going to pray with you so that you begin to see the unseen. Okay, so I'll take it that everybody here has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you have any sickness in your body, just stand up. Any problem in your body, any ill health in your body, just stand up wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you right now. If there's any sickness in your body, just stand up. Don't come out. Time is out against us. But I'm going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. If there's anybody, you have sickness in your body, lay your hands upon your head and say after me, Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I have seen today that the unseen is very real, much more real than what I can see, than the physical. I believe your word that I can feel in my body and mention what the problem is. Or the doctors have told you what the problem is. Oh yeah, the doctors have said this and all that. Yes, that's what the doctors have said. That's what I can feel in my body. But your word is clear. Continue praying. Your word is clear. In your word, Lord Jesus, you bore in your body all these sicknesses that can ever happen to man. You bore them in your body so that I don't have to bear them. So I believe you that by your stripes, I am healed. I therefore speak to that part, speak to that part of your body. I command you, in the light of God's word, go. If it's a growth, tell the growth to die. If it's a strange thing operating in your body, tell it to go. If there's any part of your body that is not functioning as it, should, as it was designed to, tell it to begin to function. Any part of your body that is malfunctioning, speak to it right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. You just have to take God at his word. Some of you are going to experience immediate deliverance. You will know it before the end of the day. And for some other people in the next few days, you will know something has changed in your body. God's word is true. God's word is true. Check, tell your doctors to check you out. God's word is true. I believe God and God's grace is sufficient for you. Thank you, Father. Father, I just want to thank you for the joy of your word. Thank you for the beauty that is in your word. Thank you for that your word has gone for this morning. Thank you for the power and that it has caused change in the lives of your people. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And for everyone, I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts, will keep your emotions, will keep your will in the love of God. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you in every area. In Jesus' name. And the people say...